actually these days judges want uh, something interesting mm -hmm. they want to be moved they want someone to take risks and and to really believe in those risks hello and welcome to in classics podcast my name is yuri i'm a bass player and the founder of in classics web development agency for musicians a few weeks ago i was on tour with an orchestra in germany I was very happy to catch up with a wonderful young cellist, Brennan Cho, during the Kronberg Academy Festival. Brennan has received top prizes on some of the most prestigious competitions, including Paolo Cello Competition and Queen Elizabeth Competition. He is currently establishing himself as a successful solo and chamber musician. Enjoy this episode and please subscribe to InClassics Podcast, share it with your friends and follow us on our social media. Welcome Brennan to our In Classics podcast, where we talk with managers, with agents, with musicians, with uh, people who are connected to classical music about the managerial and business side of classical music and also how it is to get from a practice room to a concert hall. Mm -hmm. We are very happy to have you and uh, Brandon is a great cellist and we met some years ago in Kronberg and actually today yeah. we are also in Kronberg, yes, yes. and uh, introduce yourself a little bit to, to us, what you do, yeah. how is it going and well, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to talk to you again Super here, excited. back where we first met. And uh, my name is Brennan, and I am a cellist. I come from the, the U.S. and um, I live in Germany now. I'm super happy to make music on both sides of the world, uh, anywhere I can go. Share something that is so important to me, to all different kinds of people all over the world. and. Uh, it's been uh, thrilling and a lot of a lot of uh, hard work, but uh, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't want to live any other life. But tell me, how how come you came from the states? You came to Germany. Why why Germany? So I've um, known about uh, specifically Kronberg Academy and um, uh, the the cellists who come out of Germany who study here, and uh, that uh, really from a young age I was really curious about wow like what is happening here <laughs> in Germany that is so um, allows string players to like become so brilliant and and, and um, able to do so many different things uh, it, it was always in my mind to, to come here and um, be involved in, in the music making here so uh, after um, my, my studies in the States, I, uh, well, during my studies, I was always coming to Europe uh, once in a while to take master classes or, or play, do competitions. Yeah. Um, so I think that really already helped me um, slowly get into the, the, the scene here and meet a lot of people already uh, before I moved here. So um, uh, I thought uh, when when Kronberg Academy said they would love to have me here, and my teacher Franz Helmerson also um, was really inter interested to have me here, and so for me it was uh, such a clear uh, clear decision to to move to Germany and at least for a few years you know, live here and. Um, really be uh, inside of, of the, the process and the, the musical um, thoughts and, and the uh, intuition that a lot of uh, musicians 
gain uh, here. Yeah, I've been learning so much from the, the uh, different approach to uh, music making, to string playing here. And for me, um, there's, of course, it, all people always talk about, you know, American style of playing, and European mm -hmm. style of playing. And uh, for me, it's, you know, I want to get to a point where I can encompass both, you know, and, and just be a universal uh, musician. Yeah. But I guess this is a, a, this big uh, plus ab ab about being in a place like Kronberg Academy, for example, it's uh, first of all teachers to, wh to whom you have access and you can listen how they play, you can hear all of the uh, lessons and feedback and everything, but also simply you are constantly in a group of the best musicians yes. that there are there, right? Yeah. And you are also because Kronberg invites so many artists and orchestras and conductors and yeah. performers and you are constantly in this group of people. And I mean, you have no chance but to become a good musician yeah, <laughs> when yeah, you're, when yeah. you're yeah. in such an environment. You've done also competitions, right? Yes. And I, I, I know that you won a few and then mm -hmm. in Queen Elizabeth competition, we also saw, saw your great success. And uh, what, what, what was it? How was the Queen Elizabeth competition, for example? Oh, um, that was uh, one of the, the most um, rewarding, I mean, in terms of uh, musical and also uh, personal um, relations. It was one of the most rewarding competition experiences I had. Um, it's very, it feels more of a festival actually because okay. the, the audience, I mean from the first day of the first round the hall is packed and there's <laughs> so much excitement and um, you're, it, it's quite long. I was, I was in Brussels for seven weeks total, um, including the, all the winners recitals after uh, but so it felt like um, I, I wasn't just there to compete and then leave, but it felt <laughs> like I was really um, uh, being involved in the, the, uh, the city, the uh, excitement for the, this event. And um, I, I, ever since then, I've been lucky to come back to Brussels to play every year. So. Uh, I, I feel like now Brussels, it's like it feels like another home okay. to me. What what do you feel like drives you to do competitions? Like, do you feel like that it's a necessary step in establishing a career, or is it for growing skills, or is it for meeting people? What what is the main drive to do competitions? I think it's all all of those. I think when you're um, younger and uh, still studying and you're not playing so many concerts yet. I think it's really good to have those concrete goals mm -hmm. that the competition sets for you. You know, you have to play this piece, this program, uh, this uh, at you know a certain period of time, and you have to prepare until then. And um, if you're not so busy with concerts yet, it's uh, hard to set goals like that mm -hmm. without you know competition. Right. Um, so. In terms of your own uh, musical growth, I think it's it's so such a um, solid uh, path to set for yourself. Yeah. Um, and also music uh, personally, um, you meet you know all the the best cellists in the world <laughs> doing these competitions, and and 
at least for me, it never felt like we were uh, competing. It never felt <laughs> like we were fighting each other. It, yeah. it really felt like a celebration of, yeah. of, of friendship and, and uh, music whenever I, I went to a competition. Um, I think uh, for other instruments, I'm not sure if the same can be said for violin or piano, but for when, when somehow when a lot of cellists come together, it's something uh, clicks. And, and oh, um, amazing. yeah, and <laughs> so I met so many cellists uh, by doing these competitions. And, and uh, as a musician, it's very special because these are people that you will know for the rest of your life yeah. and you will see them here and there uh, for the rest of your life. Do you have like some process uh, how you prepare for competition? Because now you've done a bunch of them, so yes. you probably have like some kind of uh, way that you know like, okay, now I need to do this and by that time I need to probably play a recital with this program and everything. Do you have your process? Or? Uh, yes, it's... Um, I, I try to sort of uh, have every piece um, uh, like have a gauge for every piece in my head at all times. So, of course, at the beginning, some pieces you will already know and know very well. Um, some pieces will be new. So really, if you can feel, if you can imagine that, that balance of, you know, okay, now it's here and now it's, mm -hmm. and so you have this uh, vision of where every piece is. And um, I, of course, start as early as possible <laughs> um, and and to start really uh, from the basics of, of the new pieces that I have to learn and um, just as as slowly and thoroughly as you can prepare is definitely the best w way for me at least. Um, I know a lot of people that uh, would rather not prepare for so long uh, be, in order to keep things fresh. Um, I, I understand that as well and it's, it's a hard balance. Mm -hmm. um, so I think as it gets closer to the competition, I, uh, I try to force myself to play more. So um, to, to try to keep things fresh, you know, mm -hmm. like one day just without having practiced this piece before, I will just try to play through it. Yeah. And whatever difficulties, you know, just try to get through it. And then by the end, I will have really a clear picture of what really needs work and what feels good. And um, so it, it's um, sort of this kind of intuition mm -hmm. that you, you develop. Um, after doing many competitions. Do you try to somehow uh, do some kind of mock-up rounds and play for your friends and yes. uh, do recitals? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because probably playing for, for the audience is one of the biggest uh, oh, yeah. steps, right? Yeah. I, rem I remember myself, I was uh, oof, many years ago, but I, I was preparing for a competition in, in Munich. Uh, so as a double bass player and um, 
I was already out of school and I thought, okay, like this time I'm gonna do everything by myself. I'm gonna prepare for myself. And I had this little apartment in Riga and I was just like playing day and night, you know, and just like practicing, practicing, practicing. And then I come to competition, I go to the first round, I play and I was like, wow, one thing that I forgot is to actually play for people because yeah, you, yeah. you get on stage, you get all shaky. And needless to say, I didn't pass to the second one, uh -huh. you know? And, I saw, and after, that, after that, for me, it was like, okay, this is enough. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like I'm too old for this stuff. So like, it's important probably not to forget while you are preparing to always play for people oh, at yeah. any stage, yeah. you know? Like, I mean, I mean at uh, your level of playing, like the, you know, I'm sure that just reading a score, you could already perform it, you know, oh, for people. No, you don't no. need to sit in a room for six months, you know, and do that. For something like Queen Elizabeth, probably you prepare mentally your whole life or like your whole professional life, mm -hmm. no? Because you know that it is a goal. Is there ever a doubt about even applying for competition? Or it's you know, like I apply, I do send a video and uh, I see if I get in. Um, yes, I, I, I mean, when I did competitions, I, it was a very, a big goal for me every year, I think. Mm -hmm. um, I would try to, you know, find the biggest competition happening and apply and, and, and um, because I wasn't uh, playing so many concerts then and so it was really something to keep me busy and to push myself. Um, so it was a very big priority for me. Yeah. For me somehow the always the preliminary, the, the CD or the, the tape was in a way the most difficult uh, somehow, because for me, when I get in front of an audience, um, of course, if I'm very prepared, it's much easier for me to go with the flow on mm. stage and really express, you know, what I want to express and with, you know, mistakes or not, it's, you know, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. And in a recording, it's a little different. <laughs> it's kind of... Uh, <laughs> Because you can do, you know, diff many takes, so it's kind of uh, you're like, oh, is this the one? Is it not not the one? I, it's uh, it's a weird feeling for me. Yeah. So, especially in the preliminary, they require many, you know, etudes and and things you don't normally play in concerts. Yes. So uh, that was always. Uh, very difficult step for me. Yeah. Uh, how is it for competition? Because there, of course, you are very much judged by this perfection mm -hmm. standard. Yeah. Do you feel that during performance and competition, you can still let yourself be be you and just focus on music making, or do you feel that there is a certain boundary in which you have mm. to be? What I realized during these competitions is, um, I think some decades ago, it was more about um, being correct mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, not offending the okay. judges. Um, I found recently, um, while I was doing competitions, that actually these days judges want uh, something interesting. Mm -hmm. They want to be moved. They want someone to take risks and, and to really believe in those risks um, mm -hmm. and and I if, I know from some comments that I received you know uh, in in the past it, it was um, really judges get bored <laughs> these days <laughs> if you're very correct and and mm -hmm. just you know playing they kind of 
tune out and it's but when someone comes on stage and they're really like them this is this is me this mm -hmm. is what i believe this music is expressing yeah then they the judges go oh whether they agree or not they they listen yeah and and something grabs them yeah. so that was a big uh realization for me and um that uh to be specific was uh, uh in 2015 when i did the tchaikovsky competition um i thought i played very well i was very uh prioritizing the, the notes and intonation and all these technical things and then a lot of the judges told me like you know take some risks you know <laughs> do something tell us many different things you know be more imaginative mm -hmm. for me that really allowed me to be much more free in the next competitions and and so from then on it felt more of a concert yeah i approached it more of a recital or, yeah. or a concerto performance of uh, you know this is this music is super important to me and i want to communicate all these things to the audience and just the judges happen to be in the audience <laughs> yeah. yeah well this is actually this is a great way and to think of it as just as another performance opportunity an opportunity to to play in front of uh, live audience especially as you say yeah, right. we, we do competitions at the point when we still don't have that many concerts mm -hmm. lined up. So there is a time and space for this. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to play in front of people, why not to do it also yeah. in competition, right? Actually, so after, for example, Queen Elizabeth competition, do you feel like your schedule got uh, busy? Oh, uh, yes, it, it definitely helped. What it helped mostly with was because so many people watched this competition. Right. All kinds of people all over the world saw my playing yeah. and, and, and so got to know my playing through through there. And um, and then the year after I won the Paolo competition mm -hmm. in, in Helsinki and um, that sort of, uh, I, I guess I could put it this way, it gave me sort of like a stamp of, of uh, approval, approval yes. <laughs> from <laughs> whatever the judges and, yeah. and competition world. Yeah. <laughs> to sort of go on with my life and expand. Yeah. And um, that uh, especially nowadays with, with uh, you know, streaming and mm -hmm. uh, social media, it's everyone can follow competitions from yeah. anywhere. And so that really helped me a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's actually, it's true. Like, because before maybe like when, comp before competitions were uh, streamed and, and uh, recorded, uh, you, you would be known by by a smaller group of people. Yeah. Now it gives exposure, yeah. and also these competitions, like they have a lot of viewers. Like yeah. Yeah. When when I, I think it was also Queen Elizabeth competition, and you look at the number of uh, people live watching it, yeah. it's like it was hard to believe. You know, yeah. the classical music, such a so of course when you get like exposure to this many people, it's an amazing opportunity to yeah. to grow. So social media for musicians these days important or not? Oh, vital, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Um, especially, well, if you're not established yet, it's probably almost the only way for people to <laughs> first hear your name, I think. Yeah. Because everyone's always on social media yeah. and, and not everyone is necessarily 
going to concerts all the time, <laughs> which is a pity, but it's it's true. I mean, especially young people, they don't always buy you know the full season tickets, or right. you know they <laughs> they you know go to see who they want to see, yeah. and so. Uh, before you do a lot of concerts, um, it's so important to put yourself out there and to create some sort of uh, interaction with yeah. audiences and, and, and people who follow you on, on social media to have them feel like they're engaged somehow yes. with you um, out of the, the concert hall. As classical musicians, we might be a bit conservative sometimes, yes. right? About our playing and about the way we, we, we expose people to our music. But at the same time, our goal is to play for, for people, right? Yeah. The, um, there is a part of uh, that comes from inside where you just want to perform and where you just want to play and it is just the way you live. But the other part, we always need a listener. Mm -hmm. And I think like nowadays, there are so many listeners online yeah. that uh, why not to make this extra effort and do something so people get exposed to this kind of music also in on Instagram or TikTok, you know, Facebook. Yeah. Because uh, this is a way to bring them to the concert hall later, oh, yeah. to have a concert, yeah. because they see something like, oh, like I love this and I'm gonna come. So I actually, like for me, being now so much more involved with uh, social media and with, with internet, it is sometimes, you know, we, we've done a lot of when we were building our the beginnings of the company and all this website development, we, we did so much research online. We mm -hmm. checked through people's websites, we checked through musicians' Instagrams and Facebooks and all the social media accounts. And it was interesting to see that we as musicians, we don't really put too much time or thought or effort into actually creating good content. Yeah. Because most of our content comes from almost like uh, this uh, accident, you know, either someone like in a concert hall recorded something and you post yeah. it, or there is a picture you posted, there is a photo, of course, after every concert there is a photo gallery, right? Yeah. So you choose a few pictures and it's very good, mm -hmm. but it's like maybe shouldn't be like all of the content, you know, yeah. because it gets repetitive. Yeah. yeah. So this is also even this podcast is just uh, my uh, try to see what kind of other content we can create as mm -hmm. classical musicians, right? For people to, to understand how we live and, and to be a bit more a part of our life and yeah. then come to our concerts because yeah. at the end of the day this is what is the most exactly. important um, but for yourself so you do you take care of your social media accounts yes yeah. um, I'm very much uh, active <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's um, sort of because I'm an independent artist right now it's sort of my only way of uh, communicating myself right. to, to a larger um, audience yeah. outside of the concert hall. So I take very much uh, care to, to <laughs> sort of keep my name and, yes. and keep my um, activities, you know, showing up to, to, to people's feeds. And um, also to, like this podcast, like to, to have myself talk and, and yeah. to have people you know see me interacting so that it's not just you know pictures and videos of me playing <laughs> it's you know they can see more of a human side yeah. of, of of me so i think um something like this podcast is is really important to, yeah no thank yeah. you I'm, I'm i'm happy because you know it was also for me was as a, when i was just thinking about it i was like 
no, no way, people are not gonna want to talk, you know, like as musicians <laughs> be like, we, I'm behind my instrument and I'm like, I'm playing, you know, I'm playing this or this, no, no, talk, no. <laughs> but it's actually interesting to see that people are happy to talk because we, yeah. we spend so much time doing what we do. Yeah. We spend so much time in the practice room and uh, it's nice to be able to simply communicate no, with yeah. people about things that, that we love. Uh, Kronberg also like but uh, there is a Kronberg doing a great job at also exposing you guys like because they, 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 you have you have also all this like little interviews yeah. and um, the, the social media pages are always alive but probably the, the, but the main exposure here is like you get to play with really great people so yeah. like you've played also with a bunch of orchestras no here thanks to Kronberg yes Academy. yeah they um they Kronberg Academy has some of the best connections I mean um not only in Europe, but also you know to the States and to mm -hmm. Asia, and um, also to orchestras like uh, like of course Carmenata okay. and Chamber Orchestra mm -hmm. of Europe, and um, along with orchestras, you know conductors and and other other soloists uh, like um, Kidon Kramer and Andra Schiff, and, yes. and uh, so it's uh, it, it, it's like it it welcomes you into this this world that uh, you were outside of before yes and and to me that especially coming from the states it's a big move mm -hmm. to uh, move to europe so it really uh, helped me uh, become become more involved yeah. in the in the musical scene yeah but uh, so you play some very very fancy cello no <laughs> Where is the cello coming from? Uh, it's from Modena, Italy, and it's by Antonio Cassini. And um, it was made in 1668, and uh, I'm very lucky that uh, my family owns it. Is your family also? Everyone is musician? No, no. Um, I'm the only one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, uh, but they are, my family is so hardworking and, and committed to whatever they do and so my parents really um, every step of the way like I had their full support wow. and and they were so passionate about me succeeding in what I want to do so I I am so lucky to yeah. to have my family yeah when you have uh, such a such a support behind behind you it's it's uh, but it, it's easier in a way to do it but at the same time it must be uh, quite a bit of pressure no? yes <laughs> you, have it's, to, uh, you have to succeed yeah it especially <laughs> in my teens and and early 20s it, um of course from the whole uh you know profession uh, there's a lot of pressure but also, you know, because my my parents are so hardworking and committed, it was also a lot of pressure to to you know go even beyond what I think I was capable of. Right. Um, but now looking back, I'm so so thankful for that because I don't I don't think I would be where I am without uh, without their constant support and 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 yeah well we can be only grateful to our parents right yeah. for, for all of this and for for everything they do for us yes like sometimes you think like you know especially as a teenager when you're like being maybe not the best behaved yeah. like, kid and then you look at it back like you know 10 15 years later you think Oof. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if i had a kid yeah, yeah, you're yeah. Like, i'm sorry i was like that <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, 
as you said, you're an independent artist and uh, you're on your own. How do you find concerts? How do you get performance opportunities? How does this happen? Um, yeah, it's a good question. The thing about being an independent artist, it's, it doesn't feel so concrete. Mm -hmm. This, you know, I'm not always promised, you know, things from an, a manager or agent. Yeah, I'm always wondering, like, oh my God, like, I don't know, in a year or two or three years, like, am I still gonna have concerts? Mm -hmm. Like, who knows? When I first started to play concerts, it was mainly through, you know, the people who saw me at the competitions mm -hmm. and who saw the videos or um, heard about me through through those. Yeah. So that sort of helped my the first step of um, meeting a lot of presenters mm -hmm. and, and orchestras. Um, and then I think now that I play a lot more, I, I also, also with chamber music, you get to meet and, and play with so many different musicians. Mm -hmm. It's so important to be really prepared for, you know, even if you're doing a small concert, like mm -hmm. you don't know who's in the audience, um, whoever you're playing with, um, you don't know if they want to invite you somewhere to do this or that. So I'm, I always make sure to be super prepared, as prepared as I can, can be for every performance. And um, through that, I've, yeah, it's just been this, this person knows that person and they invite me here and there's someone hears me there and then they, so it becomes this like a uh, big network. Yeah. And so uh, I feel like I'm slowly building this, this yeah. network for myself. When you talk to a promoter or to a manager, do you need to come with concrete ideas? Like, oh, there is this program that I want to play. Do you propose concrete programs? Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, I think the more concrete you are, mm. I think the, the better. Yeah. Um, and of course, it's important to be flexible, but uh, to have some sort of specific vision, yeah. uh, I think they like that. Do you feel like as a, as a musician, you need to find some kind of niche? what you do, like, oh, okay, so like, this is like my kind of music, like I, I, I'm specializing in Baroque, or I'm doing only modern stuff, or mm -hmm. is it fine to do everything and... Uh... Um, for me, at this early point in my career, I want to do everything. Mm -hmm. I want to have no limits to my repertoire or who I play with, um, because I don't know if I, I feel like if I don't learn all of that now, yeah. it's it, it will be harder when I'm you know forty or fifty and <laughs> I have a family and <laughs> I, maybe I have a teaching job and you know these yeah. obligations. Um, so I try to play the biggest range of yeah. of, of uh, repertoire and um, sometimes I am wondering like what if I you know. Um, spent a year focusing on early music, mm -hmm. you know, completely switched to gut strings and different bow and different setup, everything. Uh, I mean, I would love to explore that kind of thing or, you know, the, on the other side with, with contemporary music. Mm -hmm. um, but it is very uh, hard to do that when you're you know, trying to play concerts yes. and, and, and make, make a living and, uh, you know, <laughs> you, 
try to build your career <laughs> because yeah. you know you're in the end i don't know the the building my career a lot of it i think will still come from the the standards the the you know uh Dvorak concerto yeah. is the Haydn the, the the classics that everyone knows um i think at this early stage in my life it's still very important to ha- hang on to to that yeah. core uh of the cello repertoire absolutely so uh yeah it's a hard balance mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah and with for example with promoters with managers do you uh when you when you have a chat after a concert do you feel like you need to talk in some kind of different way or you can be yourself and you just yeah i um of course a lot of people you know advise to present yourself in whatever you have to do this and that <laughs> but for me it's so much easier to communicate if i'm just tr- being natural and 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 answering to my full honesty in 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 what i believe because i think in the end um whatever opportunities you get you will be happier if you're honest and true to yourself and so um whether people like it or not that's that's the mm-hmm. what i want to portray portray yeah. from myself yeah this is i think the the you know especially when we are young we sometimes think of uh, of others or people who are maybe a higher step of their career or something we think of them like they are somewhere out there when in fact it is also human human beings and we build just human relationships and all of this as i understand even finding concerts and finding performance opportunities is all built on a very very personal relationship so the only way to build this relationship is uh, to be personal with people and yes. to be open and to be honest and to build this relationship without ma- even maybe thinking of any kind of like uh, what's going to come from that mm-hmm. you just build the relationship for the sake of that relationship yeah, right exactly but i think the important part of like everything that you say it's to understand that uh, we shouldn't be scared to to go go out of our practice room right mm-hmm. and and start doing things oh, like yeah. so if you are young you start doing competitions you if if you are doing competitions and you talk to people then mm-hmm. you perform your concerts and then never to be scared and never to think that like oh it's too early for me to go in public mm-hmm. you know yeah. it's too early for me to play for people it's yeah. never too early right because i think we are maybe this our perfectionist nature we often maybe go like oh but it's not ready like, yeah, oh i'm not, not ready. ready i still yeah. need to study here and there yeah. until i can perform and how is chamber music so chamber music also is a big part of your life you know oh yes i think right now i maybe i even play more chamber music than mm-hmm. than solo um and i i learn so much from from playing with different people and and um repertoire that i haven't discovered you know while i was in the competition cycle yeah. for me some of the best music is chamber music mm-hmm. yeah, the best written uh, repertoire is is from you know chamber music you know growing up just playing dvorak concerto and you don't know any other pieces by dvorak <laughs> you know it's you don't have this context you don't have this perspective of oh like this is 
very similar to that piece and this you know marking is also you know it's kind of yeah. um it opens your perspective much more and um i i also really enjoy just meeting other people you know because a lot of times you travel solo and you play your concert and then you leave and yeah. go to the next one and do the same thing over and over again and <laughs> but to to play with um different kinds of musicians and to meet different personalities i think is completely uh, a part of the music also I itself the the art is also the personal connection yeah. um so chamber music is and will be a huge part of my life it's very interesting to to hear how someone builds a career career at the stage at where where you are because it's uh, really in the making mm, yeah. and uh, you know i think as musicians we 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 can share it with other musicians you know openly because i think there are a lot of people who are um, sitting in the practice room and they play very well mm -hmm. and they just do not know the steps necessary yeah. necessary for getting somewhere yeah. and uh, maybe not all of us are lucky to to have the opportunity to go somewhere to study or to even over to shy to to try and it's amazing to 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 hear from from people who make it you know to hear yeah. how how they are doing it so mm -hmm. thank you for 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 being for being here and being open yeah. and for this conversation no it's so important this this topic of of you know like because we learn certain things in school in conservatory but then to transition into real life it's there's a big uh missing <laughs> step <laughs> and uh <laughs> To, to figure that out yourself and, and sort of learn from others, it's, it's been really um, eye-opening and, right. and, and uh, to find my own way, my own path, uh, yeah. it's challenging, but, but I feel so, it's so rewarding yeah. to me. Yeah, well, I, I wish you all the best and I'm looking forward to seeing you on stage. Thank you so much for having <laughs> me. It was a pleasure. Yeah, it was absolutely, absolutely was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.